0: That's another Miami Dolphins. Right here, one play at a time. Don't worry about any other play. Third
1: and two, third and six, third and 15. Throw me the f- ball. Incredible catch by DeSicki. Fans want to win again. Last one.
0: Jones from the gun, third and
1: two. It's picked. Intercepted. Come It is just one of your favorite degenerates back with another Day One Dolphins podcast. Once again, hosted by your boy Ouch. Follow me on Twitter at YFinsYY. Here with me today is not Sut, but a special guest, very close friend of mine, Pat Daly. Patrick is a lifelong San Francisco 49ers fan. Originally from the Bay Area, we wound up roommates in Los Angeles. So it is very safe to say he's bared witness to the last years of the rebuild in Miami, and he is well aware of my thoughts along the way. Make sure you follow the podcast, Twitter, at DayOneDolphins. Stay up to date. Let's get down to it. What's going on, Pat? Hello. How are you? I'm doing swell, man. Very excited to have you on here. You're a knowledgeable football fan and excited to have you talk about this matchup here, man, between the Niners. And I wanted to start, I guess we touch base on, you know, you and our relationship about football and how much of uh, each other's team we've watched these past couple years, you know, uh we yeah. moved in together just before the pandemic and being in the city, you know, they you know, we spent a lot of time indoors for a, a portion of twenty twenty. So we got sure the did. tail end of the twenty nineteen season and then the entirety almost of the twenty twenty season.
0: And perhaps even more uh important to kind of our relationship with football that whole off season too, because that's when I <laughs> really uh, <laughs> got a picture of what kind of Dolphins
1: fan you are. Well, you know, I think <laughs> us, I think a lot of people that are Dolphins fans are a lot like me, and I think that it has a lot to do with how piss poor they've been. You know, I think that being such a bad, like, laughing stock franchise breeds like a different kind of fan. You know, it
0: weeds out the ones that would have moved on quite a long time ago. I feel like
1: yeah at least 20 years but yeah uh, yeah you got to see the whole the whole ride you know got to see the year that they were awful and tanking and the build-up of it you know and uh saw who I wanted to draft as a quarterback surprise it was Tua saw who I wanted to draft the following year with Jalen Waddell Uh, yeah I mean I watched you I watched you correctly call a
0: lot of this um I I definitely can say safely say that the team I've watched the most of besides the 49ers in the last five years
1: or so is the dolphins. And that's because of you. And yeah. And you've got to compare it to the Niners along the way, you know, um, the rebuild in San Francisco was a three year process really before you got to the Super Bowl, And, um it was almost identical to what we saw in miami here if you really don't count the tank year it's 2020 2021 2022 and you you kept telling me along the way in 2021 where we saw a stout defense and you know uh uh uh, not so great offense uh very limited offense you were you were like you know year three is when you turn it all around and that's exactly what seems like happening here in miami
0: yeah i definitely noticed a lot of similarities um it just in terms of like you know especially explaining it to someone who's maybe wary of getting too excited too quickly um that I was actually seeing a lot that that was exciting if you were a Dolphins fan like just kind of the the little things on the field that seem intangible but just like players being in the right place
1: being well coached and like I don't know it just something felt different yeah we saw a lot of difference in lack of penalties a lot more discipline you know at the time even if Brian Flores and the way he ran the team didn't ultimately end up showing our offense the you know the most success we could have asked for it did definitely amplify the way that we'd seen the defense play in the last 20 years you know so and I think those guys are are you know still working with Things they learned from Flores, I'm certain. Absolutely, yeah, I, w- I would never deny that he was a part of the process here. A lot of people are glad to see him, you know, gone. Especially with, in re- in retrospect, yeah. In retrospect, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but um it is also ironic the hiring. You know, we we had uh ended up moving to do two different places. I went back to Florida, you know, and you stayed obviously out west. And, uh, you know, watching the, the hiring process, of course, you know, the coach that we end up hiring is a San Francisco 49ers coach. How would it go any other way? I've, yeah, it it was destined the moment you and I met this, it, there was just no other option. Very interesting. It, it does us being friends and talking about football for like eight years or whatever. Now it's leading up to this definitely makes you feel like you're in the matrix a little bit, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> Um. So what I've noticed watching a lot of the San Francisco 49ers games with you is the, this dynamic between Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, right?
0: Yeah, one of the, I mean, probably the best part of being a Niners fan over the last four, I mean, basically since Shanahan showed up, is our just absolute ownage of the Rams and McVay. It's so. truly, truly wonderful to watch.
1: <laughs> and I think, you know, to myself, what's the dynamic going to be now that McDaniel and Shanahan can, are going to have to coach against each other? You know, I, I, I'm so excited for what's going to be this offensive chess match between them and um, the fact that they both have what seems like you would assume would be like an equal uh, level playing gr- uh, ground when it comes to Knowing what the other knows, knowing how he thinks, knowing what the offense already knows how to do, knowing what your core principles are and what you can build. Like, you know, they both kind of use a handful of core plays and then make it look different. Right. And, you know, yeah. reverse the sides of the field that they do it to. So. Yeah,
0: And I mean, I think it's not crazy to say that those could potentially be the two premier offensive minds in the sport right now, as it stands. Absolutely. Um, that said, they're both, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's been hard over the years to separate Shanahan from McDaniels. Uh, he's, I think probably the closest an OC has ever been to a head coach, at least from, since I've been aware of the sport and paying attention. Um, in terms of even a relationship beyond football, it seems like it just seems like he,
1: he said flat out that, um, you know, uh, that. Kyle, sorry, Kyle Shanahan basically said, you know, because we had already interviewed Mike McDaniel once before we interviewed him when we hired Flores. Right. And so there was if it wasn't like he was a hot commodity, there was a little bit of a, you know, on his side of things like, uh, well, he was aware that he was going to be a head coach, probably. And um, McDaniel said something about he mentored him, not just mentored him, but really said, here, come with me every day, day to day activities and I'll teach you how and what you have to do as a head coach and what the importance of being a head coach means. And, you know, pretty much trained him to be that. I don't think that there's really ever been. I mean, I guess there is in the, like Gary Kubiak and some other guys, there's been relationships like that. I'm sure Bill Belichick's son will have some sort of thing like that going on, but you don't see it that often. And I feel like Miami got really lucky with that. And I think people are going to put some respect on Shanahan's family and what he, they have done for the football world and the sport.
0: Yeah. And in that sense, it's, it's exciting. Because of this, like this new branch from that coaching tree, now with McDaniel's and seeing a high level of
1: success very immediately. Um yeah. the Vikings guy, um, the in Green Bay, um, we're looking at it the, now that Zach Wilson's out and in, in on the Jets. You know, the offense looked fine under Mike White, so it's not the offensive coordinator over there. Yeah, uh, McDaniel looks to me, and I'm trying to be objective as best I can here, but I really think. I mean, I think he's a he's a top five play caller in the NFL immediately, like off the bat. It looks like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, find that, I mean, through this season, it's very difficult to argue with that. It's he's just he just gets NFL offense, like wh- yeah. whatever it is today in its current form, he's a master. I mean, and and you wonder, I mean, the offense the Niners are running this season without McDaniel's so far is like. um it's pretty similar to last year. And you wonder like how many of these plays he had a, a a hand in, in writing.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, they take a lot of the core, like the foundation of like the Shanahan offense with it. It's built in that. And they just add a lot of gadgets to it. But I think, uh, it's going to be hard to see much of a difference in them for at least this first year or so, just because we're not talking about these guys coaching together for like five years. They've been together for a majority of like 15 years or something, yeah. you know?
0: Like so and and in, in working closely together on everything that they put
1: forth. Yeah. I mean, you do sit next to a cubicle with anybody anywhere for 15 years and you guys are going to have, you know, a lot of the same thoughts on a lot of the same things and talk about a lot of the things you have in common. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, I'm definitely excited to see how that plays out. And I, th- I want to say that this is the best chance that McDaniel has to win the, to win the matchup. You know, if that makes sense, the like fir-
0: the first time around. Yeah. If, el- if it ends up being a
1: Sean McVay thing, you know, and, and, and Shanahan, you know, puts him in his place. I think that if he can sneak this one away, it would be his best chance if that's the way it ends up.
0: I, I, I have no, simply no prediction. I, I just can't. I can't decide. I can't decide which way it's going to go. I don't know how like the interpersonal relationship plays in, if at all. I know that these two are, are like high level tacticians. And I wonder how that plays out. Does that play out in a way where it's like, you're relying on what, you know, the other person to know. So is Shanahan gonna put a play that McDaniel knows damn well Debo is the primary option and intentionally not have Debo be the primary option. Like what, how, how, how meta are we going to go with this? How many layers <laughs> are, are we doing with the, trying to, that's the, the, the other funny person?
1: thing is I, I think I tweeted to the dolphins fans and I brought it up on the podcast a couple episodes again, uh, ago about, I have a friend who was referring to you that would complain about Shanahan outsmarting himself sometimes. And, you know, that being your really only complaint when it came to the play calling is like what comes with the double-edged sword of being this, you know, super progressive uh, future of football play calling type of uh, offense that you, sometimes you do add an extra layer that you don't need to of so thinking a little, you're outsmarting your a opponent. Too and you're, yeah, you're tricking yourself. And I've seen them both do it. And I just wonder if it even matters because <laughs> they think that way. So you don't have to, you could just run it exactly how it's supposed to. And the other guy might be like, oh, there's no way. Right. You know, there's no way he's going to do it like that. So uh, it, there's no telling. And um, I, uh, we also have a couple. I mean, uh, McDaniel's not the only coach. We have John Embry. We have Wes Welker. We have, yeah. I'm sure there's a couple other lower uh position coaches as well um Raheem yeah. Mostert Trent Sherfield, Jeff Wilson uh River Craycraft uh, Shout out these River, guys dude. I mean one really of the, one of my favorite names in the entire NFL nobody could it was I couldn't even explain to other people how I knew who that guy was because <laughs> from the perspective of the Dolphins fans this is this random white receiver in camp
0: <laughs> that somebody yeah.
1: brought over from you know the Niners camp that no one ever heard of and I was like oh I know who that guy is yep. you know he he, he can move yeah uh we have an episode where Sut and I were talking to watching him do a three-cone drill and I was like oh my god um it's funny because Sut said that uh Trent Sherfield would make the roster and I said River Craycraft would make the roster and then I think in the beginning of the year neither of them did if not Trent did and River didn't and then River immediately played game one, two, and three, and he had been elevated the maximum amount of times, whether it's three games or four, I forget, that you can be from the practice squad, and then immediately got signed to the regular squad. Like, they made room for him. There. And as a Niners fan, I got to tell you, like, they're seeing success. Trent is balling. He yeah. has been just such a huge piece in our run game and our screen game. And, like, as a blocker, yeah, he's been... I think he's changed the culture of the entire wide receiver room that we have in Miami. Like, well, I'm brought... sure McDaniel
0: has a big part of, to do with that as well.
1: Yes, that... he 100% does. I just think that him bringing Trent Sherfield here, here, even as that decision as head coach, just paid such dividends just by the way that I'm watching Tyree Kill block how he's never blocked in Kansas City before. Oh, yeah. And it's because Trent's in that room and setting an example for what he knows that McDaniel has already and explained it, to is him. Is Wes your uh, wide receiver coach? Because
0: as he yes. was yeah. So he I mean he he's also is a big part of that, I feel yes, like too.
1: Yes. Ex Dolphin Wes Welker back home. So amazing. Um, yeah, it it it's definitely very interesting, the um the
0: guys you have and and it's it it's not even necessarily like a our leftovers type thing so much as like We simply don't have enough roster spots, and like, yeah, I'm sure if you ask Shanahan, he, a lot of those guys, he would
1: love to to still have them on the roster. We just don't, you know, we don't have enough space. Speaking of a guy that I think you would love to have on the roster right now, um, Elijah Mitchell's out for probably until if you guys make the playoffs. I would assume if you, you know, I mean, when you guys uh, get to the postseason, six to eight, six to eight weeks, so. Okay. And then McCaffrey's a little banged up. Think he's going to be on a pitch count. They didn't know if he was going to play, but it, today it came out uh, that he's confirmed playing. So, I mean, that's good. But I know that they would, Niners fans probably can all agree that they wish they had Jeff Wilson in this situation. Um, and yeah. He's been um, a stud.
0: Jeff Wilson is still the our team's leading rusher. Uh, wow. This, yeah. As of right now. So uh, the dude is. Um, He's invaluable to any any team that's prioritizing the ru- the rush the way that both of ours do, not necessarily just to gain yards, but to set up literally every other part of the offense.
1: Yeah, and he's um he's a downhill runner. He he I I don't I can't even compare him to anybody. For we haven't seen somebody with this much success on the ground since probably Jhi twenty sixteen, and we what, haven't what seen somebody. Uh, Yeah, the 200-yard games, like a couple of 200-yard games back-to-back. But um, I want to say him or um, Duke. Duke Johnson is, you know, a downhill runner like that. Somebody that likes contact but is also shifty. Yeah, like if if it doesn't happen now, it's going to happen later type running. Like I remember a couple,
0: couple of seasons ago that for some reason it became a topic of like the pregame rituals for certain players on the Niners and like Kittle apparently throws up before a hundred percent of his games, every game he, th- he vomits <laughs> beforehand. Whether I don't know if that's like an excitement thing or if it's on purpose to feel lighter or whatever. um But they asked, uh, he's a psycho psycho. and they asked, they were asking him about, uh, kind of pregame rituals like that. And (laughs) they asked him about Jeff Wilson and and all he had to say was Jeff Wilson
1: goes to a very dark place before every game. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. They do. He runs angry, you know what I mean? Like, but I guess he's just such a great guy at the same time. And you know, the guy got off the plane and three days later had a day. And the following week had an even bigger day. I mean, he just punched right into the system. We couldn't get Chase Edmonds to figure it out. And credit to Chase Edmonds. I mean, I know I pick on him for the drops, but he's a good football player. He just was trying to run in the system that he's never been in before. So Yeah, and Wilson
0: has been in a version of this system before too. So, I mean, that's...
1: Yeah, just plug and play. Um, and then again, that's another Mike McDaniel situation. I think... Um, Pertaining to the Raheem Moser interview where he kind of said that, you know, the Niners kind of did him dirty with the injury and wanted them to come back and force him to play through injury or, you know, it's, it's ironic because I think the only reason we have Jeff Wilson is because they wanted to take care of the player and, you know... We we don't have the space. Miami's willing to give us a fifth round, and I know that you're going to have the best chance of a career after you leave here. Your best shot is to go be reunited with one of your favorite coaches you've ever played for in yeah. the exact same system that maximizes you know I mean? your success. But yeah, I think that if we were in the if if the Niners were an AFC team, it wouldn't have even happened.
0: No, I, I, yeah, I think you're right about that, and I think I'm. I mean, I don't want to speculate about. You know any kind of conversations that are happening, but it's it's just awfully. It makes a lot of sense that that this was an intentional. You know, if we could choose one place for him to go, it would be Miami.
1: Under makes Mike. me wonder if that's similar to the McCaffrey situation where you know he had his choice. He's like, I want to go back home.
0: Yeah, and or, I think like, the Panthers did have a you know a, a very good like it was a good parting ways, and they had a good relationship with him. It was very unfortunate. His injury history was very un- unfortunate, but um, you know, I was I was watching him ball out on Stanford. Um, when yeah. he was playing, and it was one a sight of the to be few yelled.
1: people I remember I watched that much. Christian McCaffrey in college. Um, yeah, but there was a little bit of beef on the on, in the interview. Uh, whether or not Mostert's actual intentions were to slander Jimmy G, he came out and said he didn't mean to. He said something along the lines is, we have you know, we got a lot more talent over here and we have a quarterback that can actually sling it. And that definitely sounds like he's implying Jimmy can't and Tua can. And it also sounds like he's implying that Miami has more talent. He came out afterwards and said he was referring to what Miami had been dealing with before in the past and kind of speaking in defense of the ongoing narrative around Tua. And it came off the wrong way. But before he was able to clear the air, Debo said something along the lines of, "Just be real with yourself, Raheem, with the crying emojis." Yeah, I mean, the the damage is already done. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Debo, Debo did he didn't even mean it like that, and Debo just fired back with no question.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'm. I love it on both sides. Ride, ride for the guys you're, you're suiting up with now. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. And you, maybe you don't have to necessarily go out, of, out of your way. Um, the wording definitely felt like it was taking shots at Jimmy. And if it wasn't, I hope most learned something from the situation in, in terms of like gift wrapping, Something the media. to the media, you know. So Debo
1: should know very well, all too well, after this off season of allegedly holding out, allegedly this, you know, all this stuff, you know, and the media was making him look like an idiot. And he yeah. should know damn well that that's what they do. and
0: Yeah, but I also, um, I don't know. I, I wonder if there's like, do you need bulletin board material in a game like this? And if you do, is Debo... You know, trying to rally the guys and just be like, listen what they're saying over there. You know, they, yeah. they think we don't have it.
1: Um, and to just go back to the Mike McDaniel and the Kyle Shanahan thing. Like, you know, both of these guys are trying to run it up. Like uh, they're oh, trying yeah. to say they know what the the narrative is. They're competitive. That's why they get along. And now they're placed on the opposite side of the field as one another. They are going to want to embarrass the other you and know, really and make a knowing,
0: statement. knowing that this is like uh, going to be like a once every four year type deal. You know, I think yeah. it makes it even more like, man, it's not, it's not like the Rams where they're going to get another chance in a couple of weeks when you beat yeah. them. This is like, you got bragging rights for four years, brother. <laughs>
1: yeah and they you know they're invited to like (laughs) new year's parties and engagement (laughs) parties baby showers they're close family like that so uh man i love it i love the dynamic between those two um a lot of people talking about this being a potential super bowl matchup here so maybe it won't be every four years maybe true truthfully Maybe the the team that wins this game ends up also winning the Super Bowl against the same team. Maybe it's flipped. Maybe the team that wins this game ends up losing the Super Bowl versus said team. Uh, I, it's very possible. Um, if, it's looking like the Niners have probably the best defense. Looking like the the Dolphins have one of the best offenses.
0: Yeah, I I don't disagree with either of those statements. I if if this ends up being a Super Bowl preview. I think in hindsight, the game tape becomes so much more valuable, and and then then you really get into the game of like, oh God, how 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 much trickery are we trying to pull on each other here? Like, now we've set a precedent with a, a game, a film, both our best guys versus your best guys. Now we meet up in the Super Bowl. My God.
1: Yeah, lot anything goes. You know, this the crowd is different the atmosphere is different it's who's been there before who hasn't you know yeah big moments um but i, I got to ask what would you think um objectively if the niners were to lose this game how what's the dolphins best uh way to attack the niners if they were to win
0: um well i i mean the i think the primary thing that the dolphins have to do is just be as disciplined as they've ever been on their offensive line. Uh, that's I think the story that the game for us is going to come down to, can we get to tour or not? And um, I know you guys are dealing with injury, but um, I think it can be done with, with discipline and with, you know, um, working at working together as a unit um, because B- Bosa is, is an absolute problem.
1: Yeah, I gotta wonder if they're if Teron Armstead doesn't play through this injury, which they're saying he might. Um, at first they were saying he was out four to six weeks. Now they're saying he might be out one week. Now they're saying he might play through it. He's notorious for playing through injuries. Uh, absolute stud. But if he's not gonna play, I'm gonna imagine they have to like stick a tight end over there with Bosa. Like we, yeah, double. Team it's out. not even gonna. We got a guy over there who has no business. Matching up against, I mean, we let the Texans pass rushers come on in. You know, Nick yeah. Bosa will have a field day. Uh, Nick I got to Bosa can beat almost anyone one on one. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I really wish Teron was healthy because I've been enjoying the matchup so much. And he hasn't, <laughs> we actually had Thanksgiving dinner together. And <laughs> when I said who I was thankful for, I said Teron Armstead. And if you watch the difference in that Texans game between, between when he's in the game, when he's out, you'll see why I was not joking. Yeah, yeah. I it said I said something day.
0: like, um, g- good to have close friends around. And, y- and you said you were
1: thankful for, <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> for, for, your, ta- for your tackle. <laughs> offensive <laughs> um, <laughs> tackle uh, yeah i know yeah and he I, erased a couple guys I know like, and
0: and even it's even even if he does play like there's gonna be the the question mark if Bosa has a good day um you know what part the injury plays regardless of if he's out there or not um yeah because it it is hard to play injured no matter what
1: and so On the flip side, I would say, you know, ask myself the same question. I would say the Dolphins, yeah, they would have to be super concerned with the Niners' front seven. And it's not just – it doesn't just end with, you know, Armstead and I can never pronounce that one dude's name, the outside linebacker. Um, But him and Bosa and – Fred Warner as the, you know, main linebacker and just probably one of the best, if maybe the best linebacker core in the NFL, I would say. And you know how, I, I mean, I've been talking about how much I loved Fred Warner just from watching games with you yeah. for, what, years? I'd say before the rest think, of the league was on notice. I think it was, um,
0: yeah, I think it was like that, maybe a, maybe a, an early Seattle game. Um. In our in our Super Bowl season, where we completely caught everyone off guard by going like you know, going undefeated for an extended period of time, and then and I remember you being like, "Dude, I would do anything to have a
1: guy like Fred Warner on." <laughs> yeah, on the he Dolphins. is an absolute unit. Like that guy's a stud. So, and I think it's such a scary matchup for Dolphins fans because Tua's been kind of eaten up at this like in between the hashes, middle of the field area. Um, and you got, I mean, a lot of Hall of Fame quarterbacks have lived in that same box there, like Tom Brady and Drew Brees. You know, they make their money there. Yeah, if your anticipation and timing is on point, then nobody can really defend it. But I gotta say, man, if there's gonna be a, a linebacker that takes that away from you, like. It's Fred Warner, and it's terrifying um, thinking about going against him. And I, I, I don't know what the game plan is going to be. I have to imagine the Dolphins are going to try and get the ball out even quicker than they have been. They were a little bit more aggressive this past game versus the Texans. Uh, they were really trying to hold their blocks and take deeper shots. You know, the average depth of throw for Tua was like nineteen yards or something like insane, like that. He was just having time to throw, but this time I got to imagine that it's going to be quick, 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 and it's going to be a lot of on the linebackers. And then on the flip side for us, our linebacker core is very suspect mainly. And I always have to fill in for Sut when he's not on the show uh, and talk about how he feels about one of our linebackers named Landon Roberts, who is, a, he's a stud when it comes to stuff in the run. and And I feel bad because he has had his like best three games in a row now. Pretty much, um, but if if I were to say the reason Miami doesn't win this game because of the the Niners' offense, it would be George Kittle. If you have George Kittle in your fantasy uh, league, like this is the game to start him a hundred percent. Expect George Kittle to have a day. The Dolphins have led up an average of fifty-seven yards to every tight end they play, and while that might not seem extreme, that's a pretty big number for tight ends. Yeah, if if you're if you're not talking about
0: Kittle, Andrews, Kelsey, that's insane. Think about think about the bottom fifteen tight ends and any of them even approaching fifty yards.
1: Well, that's funny you say that because the Dolphins, <laughs> in week two, we uh, gave up a hundred and four yards off of nine catches to Mark Andrews. Okay, yeah. shootout. Mark Andrews and Mark Andrews but he ends up being matched up on that linebacker Landon Roberts in pass coverage and it's just not going to happen it's not going to happen it's absolutely not going to happen and it seems like everyone in the league knows that we had uh, that primetime game against the Steelers Pat Fryerworth went 8 catches 75 yards Fryerworth, the man named Fryerworth, had 75 (laughs) yards is the slowest tight end I've ever seen in my life the next week, T.J. Hawkinson, three catches, eighty yards. I, wow! You know, wow!
0: Yeah, that's not ninth very week. Many
1: catches. <laughs> Cole Komet, two touchdowns, five catches, forty-one yards. The next week was the Texans game. I didn't even know who this dude was. Jordan Akins, tight end, five catches, sixty-one yards. Now mm-hmm. none of these guys except Andrews can hold a candle to. George Kittle and his ability at receiving his ability yards after catch his ability in the run game so I expect him to have an absolute day
0: nor do any of them um, I think fulfill a role the way Kittle does in terms of just being the absolute uh, safety valve for Jimmy G like yeah. when, when all else is wrong look for the big guy throw it to him like that's, and that's
1: what's going to happen is a is going to be re- put at, at, with the task of like punching him at the line a little bit, trying to keep him in check, going with him, going with him. He'll probably stick with him for five yards before Kittle drifts off into like some kind of space over there where he can get, you know, get the, the dump off whenever Jimmy wants to, or it could be, you know, just an actual choice to throw it to him. And, uh, he'll be free to, let's just say Landon Roberts won't be close enough to tackle him. And even if he is, he can get thrown down, uh,
0: yeah, it, it, actually, you're you're making me kind of sad too because it, I, I do feel for that man now that you're now that you're now that you're giving me the statistical breakdown and also just like that's not even considering the plays where Kittle is pancaking him on the run block and laughing like a psychopath in his face <laughs> while he's doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I really do like George Kittle. I told you he he liked one of my tweets one time. What? No, you did not tell me that. Or I didn't yeah, listen I <laughs> yeah, one of the two no yeah he liked I think uh somebody asked for golf lessons or something, or someone had said, dude do I do any of my fellow NFL players know anywhere I can get a get a good nine holes in and I had just watched the George Kittle I am athlete interview and him saying how oh, he built like a nine hole golf course in his on his property, and so I just tagged him he liked uh, it and then I think he unliked it later. <laughs> he was drunk. When he yeah, left. he's like, I can't let any, I, you know, they're going to take this out of context some way or another. <laughs> who do he vote for? He's got golf. <laughs> yeah, he's got better media training than uh, Mostert or Debo Samuel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite has been Lamar Jackson. I don't know if you see the way yes, that he's dude. <laughs> <laughs> taking things into his own hands. Uh, just the <laughs> the time that he's
0: dedicating out of his night to, like, open himself up to these tweets. <laughs>
1: I love it. Oh, man. He's, uh, He's a South Florida boy, right? Lamar, yeah. 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 So is uh, Bosa, Nick Bosa. So is Mike Mostert. A lot of guys on the team. Uh, trying to think. So there was another big one. Maybe Javarius Ward. I'm not sure. He's having a pretty good year, though, too. Um, thinking... If we, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to run the ball, to be honest, uh, efficiently. Our pass game kind of opens up the the run game for us and the, all the play action. Uh, whereas the Niners do use that play action to keep you guessing, but it's not really the only reason they can run the ball. No, it's, it's it feels a, run a lot. F-
0: the run sets up the pass for us and not
1: vice yeah. versa. It's, yeah, the opposite for us. So... I don't expect us to be able to win over in the trenches, the offensive line over that front seven at all. And, you know, that's where that strength of the defense is. I want to say that we'd be able to have a better chance against the secondary, but, I mean, it's certainly not the same secondary that we saw the last time they played the Niners. With. We got Huff <laughs> yeah. out there playing, you know, a safety position that's very similar to the way that we get to see our safety play. Uh, Javon Holland.
0: Um, yeah, it, it is very, very similar.
1: Like, he gets to go, you know, he gets a lot of freedom. Yeah, he's, 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 a, he's
0: he floats around and um, especially gifted at reading uh, screenplays or, like, and covering the field. Stuff. He's
1: covering a huge chunk of the field. I've seen a couple of cool plays from him this year. He's He's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, but then Shavarius Ward, uh, how many years has he been over there? What is this, second? Um... It's at
0: least second. I'm not sure. Uh,
1: but he's having a pretty good year too. He's playing as one, like one of the best corners in the game right now.
0: Yeah, we um, and we do have some injury problems there. I I definitely say that's. I mean, it's. I feel bad saying this, but like our secondary is the weakest part of our defense, whatever that means, you know, because. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's just it's a
0: strong, strong defense.
1: So yes, there, there has can, to be a worst part, and that is, um, I think it's going to be hard to keep up with with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I, I think it's impossible to. If it is being honest. But, but how but much just, time do they have to develop their their routes? Exactly. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that lets them be open are the same fundamentals that the Niners use. I watch. The routes that some of the receivers run and it's almost like uh, even if they are in man coverage they do this weird like zone beat style of drift off their route like they'll just watch Tua and run their route and then drift off a little bit towards a direction as if they already know he's going to anticipate it to be like hey worst case scenario drift towards the towards the um, line of scrimmage or drift towards the out of bounds line and I'll hit yeah. you and it's, a lot of it looks like it's just come from playing with each other for an extended period of time now. They're starting to really gel. But yeah, we've seen, especially the Waddle uh, yeah. connection with Tua is, goes back. Yeah, that's why he was utilized so heavily last year. It was really the only c- target he was comfortable with. And you got to see the production Waddle got, and now he has Tyreek Hill. It's like a 1A and a 1B. It's not even wide receiver 1 and 2. It's yeah. just impossible to deal with it's really about just containing just how much they burn you um, um I yeah and to, I think you
0: will be surprised with um, some time to time in this game some absolute blown coverages um, we've we've been known to do that we've been known to just like i I don't know if it's miscommunication or lack of discipline or, or what exactly takes place but uh, everyone has done it every single one of our corners, has fallen prey to it. Um, anytime the, the linebacker core is great stopping the run, very solid in coverage, but there are just times where they, you know, they get
1: beaten the foot race. And if there's two guys that can beat you in a foot race, it's waddle and Hill. Yeah. I just, we'll see if uh two has enough time to throw the ball, you know, to get it to wherever that foot race ends up being. Uh, but I do feel pretty confident with our run defense Miami's run defense I don't have the exact numbers but I'm I gotta feel safe saying top five uh Christian Wilkins is having an all pro year he's probably playing he's he has to be in contention for the best inner interior defensive lineman in the league without a doubt like there's there's he's he's not only like he's playing as if he's a pass rusher like he's mauling people and getting to the quarterback Christian Wilkins is he's so agile for how big he is and uh, he's been a big piece of you know stopping the run this year for us along with the addition of Bradley Chubb and uh, Jalen Phillips coming along it's just been a lot easier to contain the run and we held Nick Chubb to 60 yards and it was really 64 yards and a touchdown and it was I'm not going to say garbage time but it was pretty close to garbage time and just a little sneaky run. Other than that, when it mattered, he was held to like nothing. And same thing went for trying to think, uh, in the lions game, they didn't really break any runs on us. Uh, they got touchdowns, but it wasn't anything excessive. Uh, I'm trying to think, um, Justin Fields had a day, but we know Jimmy G is not Justin Fields. Justin Fields had a day against us as well. If uh, it's a comparable run defense, I and you know what else? It's supposed to rain this mm. weekend in San Francisco. So, I'd say that bodes well for you absolutely over us um that we have to throw the ball 30 40 times to win the game. Absolutely. That's just part of their game plan. I think if we throw the ball less than 30 times, then we're not going to win.
0: Yeah, and and you guys are are catching us at an interesting point uh injury wise with Eli Mitchell um Debo and C-Mac a little bit banged up um where the last few games Jimmy's been throwing the ball 30 plus times by design
1: because we need to take pressure off off the run game I'm I'm also excited thinking about Jimmy Jimmy definitely feels like a weak point for this matchup you know not objectively it's just oh no and you and and for
0: your listeners uh you know i'm 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 one of those niner fans that
1: he's not a pro jimmy guy (laughs) i've been more pro jimmy than he has you sure have uh poor jim he takes a beating from pat and his family in a group text (laughs) all the every sunday every every (laughs) game day uh, and it's uh, not e-
0: and I'm not even really being too verbal it's really it's really <laughs> my dad screaming into a an echo chamber <laughs> I can't wait to text your father during this game he uh no. and also he just just so you know he he refers to shanahan only as the genius and it's almost <laughs> always uh, meant sarcastically
1: condescendingly yeah. uh, um he goes the genius strikes again <laughs> he, he outsmarting himself yeah yep i um Thinking about Jimmy, though, I mean, we both can agree. If we rattle Jimmy in the first quarter, it's pretty much a wrap. (laughs) Like, if there's more than two sacks in the first 15 minutes of the game or, like, an interception or a fumble or something and, like, Jimmy gets hit, I think it severely changes the trajectory of the game. Because then Boyer starts dialing up a lot of those zero coverage looks and even though he might not send anybody jimmy's just gonna freak out and that's when the mistakes are gonna be made and we obtained bradley chubb in the trade ironically enough once again the connection here the 49ers pick that we got we traded for bradley chubb yep and that's pretty nice that you know as as us being friends i got to you know, look at the Niners and not think, Oh, I hope they lose this game <laughs> indefinitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't have to think finally about that, that anymore. Finally,
0: that pick is off the books and, and you can actually, obviously not this week, but you can maybe root for us everyone every time and again. Yeah.
1: I, this is the only week I care about. I, I'd love to see you guys in this Super Bowl. it'd be fun to do, talk about it again and see, and you know, look back at what we had thought would happen in this matchup and then talk about what might happen differently. Um, but, but yeah.
0: You're, without was, question Jimmy is uh gonna be
1: our one of our keys to victory and you were saying uh it's now, interesting now you've added Chubb yeah it's interesting that when we added Chubb and I had thought okay we need more of a, like an organic four or five man rush that gets pressure now this schemed up nonsense that we've been doing for two years only works against the bottom 15 of quarterbacks in the league you know or rookies like if you know what you're doing and you get the ball out and you're used to pressure you're not going to have a problem Joe Flacco ate it up Ryan Fitzpatrick would eat it up Alex Smith you know those kind of guys would eat it up Andy Dalton would probably see some success it's just something that's hard to live and die by in that man coverage and so I'm thinking there's you know they're switching over their philosophy but Josh Boyer has still been dialing up blitzes he's really not changed the percentage of time that he's blitzing in a game. Interesting. So we get that organic pass rush now with Chubb. Christian Wilkins having a year. Jalen Phillips on the other side. And I can't tell indefinitely how much independent success he's having on the field just by watching the film. He gets a lot of pressure. But having Chubb there on the other side helps him out immensely. Yeah. And – I just, uh, it's, it's funny. I think that it's going to be the same key for us. Like, uh, I think it'll, you can't really rattle Tua unless you actually break him, which is probably you would break Tua before you would rattle him mentally. But Jimmy, I think can get rattled and, and we'll see we'll we'll see. Hopefully Uh, hopefully everyone is okay though.
0: (laughs) Jimmy might be, um, statistically, certainly win percentage wise, um, a top 15 quarterback, but if you're expecting him to read defenses, like a top 15 quarterback, um, you know, I might not put him in the category of the Alex Smith, those guys who have seen every defense under the sun. And and once they figure out what's going on they're they're no longer feeling the pressure. They're looking for where they should be throwing the ball. Uh, Jimmy feels the pressure even when it's not there sometimes. So, um, yeah. and, And also during our current four game win streak, um, Jimmy has thrown zero interceptions and you look for a regression to the norm when it comes <laughs> to a, a stat like that.
1: I got heckled because I said, someone asked on Twitter, I got a free play to bank a bet. What do you think it should be? I said two a over 0.5, meaning to a one interception parlay it with Jimmy having one interception. And the Dolphins fans didn't like that. But I'm like, he's due, you know. Tua hasn't thrown an interception in like six games. Jimmy hasn't thrown one in like four. What a better matchup here for them both to turn the ball over once. Yeah. Uh, put the bet in, ladies and gentlemen. You've you've heard me on the show. You know what it is. I'm not. I'm just. I, I would say Aaron Rodgers was due for a pick right now in a good year when he wasn't playing like he is this year. It's and so you know, Tom it's, Brady
0: parlay you throw in, you want, you want to make the parlay a little sweeter, throw in a Justin Herbert fourth quarter interception. Wow. Oh boy.
1: Running. That's not even from the dolphins fan that slander. So you can't hold us accountable for that one. I, uh, I think you do uh, get a text from me occasionally, though, when I prepare you for it about to happen. He actually clutched up this last one. I mean, I guess if he you did consider throw a
0: fourth quarter inter- interception, but then oh, yeah. he, he did end up
1: winning the game after that. So that's yeah, the key. The get, the,
0: get the interception out of the way before the game's on the line. But He still gets more yards
1: flip. after catch than, like, 20 quarterbacks in the league.
0: From yeah, Austin this Eckler has been... I, I, yeah, I've... Uh, I did a little deep dive recently because of our mutual um, Charger fan friend, who had the audacity to say that uh, you guys have had some great weapons in your wide receiver room uh,
1: last year. Yeah, he said Devontae Parker, he said Keenan, he said Will Fuller,
0: he said Will, y'all had Will Fuller.
1: yeah. Yeah, he said you guys had Will Fuller, bro. I said, yeah, we did, we did have him. He was there on the roster, that's for sure. He, he was played in the a couple snaps oh man that's great i can't i'm going to see the chargers game with him though it's gonna be it's gonna be fun and then they flex that game to the night game so that'll be great to be that at is cool. yeah i've never been to SoFi night game in los angeles probably gonna see the sunset uh like i see at the Dodgers game sometimes and it's a really cool vibe and Should be fun, man. Uh, Wish we were going to the Niners game this weekend, but it's quite the trek all the way up there to get rained on in the stadium. Uh, But I do want to do some score predictions here, and this is probably going to be the hardest part. But if Mm. you had to guess, I do know the Niners are favored by four, which is standard for the home team in an equal matchup, usually yeah. if it's a, you know, they see it as an equal matchup, the home team gets a three point advantage. So it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, what do you think here? Who are you thinking takes the win and what do you think the score looks like? Um, man, well, you know, I
0: gotta say, well, pr- primarily I, I am going to say, and I, I don't want this to sound like, um, like a cop out but i do think uh just in terms of the the respective divisions um uh, this is a little bit more important for y- for you guys to win than it is for the 49ers not to say that anyone's viewing it that way on the team or taking that into consideration um but i i really do think it it will mean a lot both on the national stage but also just you know staying there with buffalo for you guys um yeah but i do got to rock with on boys and say we're taking the dub um I'm saying we get Pro Bowl Jimmy. I'm saying he throws for, and by the way Pro Bowl Jimmy to me is a is like <laughs> a, a 240 yard two touchdown <laughs> performance. Yeah. Um and we'll throw on uh, three field goals so that'll be uh what is that? 23. 23 and I'm going to say we hold you to one passing touchdown. And two field goals. So 30. well, if there's if
1: we're taking two field goals, Jason Sanders is missing one of them. I can tell you <laughs> that right now. If it's in the rain, he's missing them twenty yards what out. What a of sunshine!
0: <laughs> what a fall from grace for for the Sandman. I I feel so bad for him.
1: And you got to watch how hype we were. You won. I think you won a fa- or you did really good in fantasy one year with oh, him. Oh yeah, he was yeah. A,
0: an integral
1: part of of a fantasy, a good fantasy man, performance. Just unbelievable. Um. So 20, I think twenty three thirteen. that's my... twenty three thirteen. This guy thinks the Dolphins are going to be held to 13 points, averaging 28 points over the season every game. Well, um, num-
0: number one defense in the league, it's got to mean something at some point, you know?
1: I mean, I definitely, just by watching the Niners' defense, 100% objectively, just watching film, doesn't matter who they're playing, I know they're a good team. But, that being said... Who have the Niners played these last few games that they are holding these defenses to zero points. You know, we got to we got to look see and here and see it's the well, Saints, Saints was the
0: full the full game shutout, not just the second half, which is one of the more meaningless stats you could ever yeah. uh, put forth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean of all the teams you played I understand the Saints being the shutout one. 10 points from the Cardinals. If you guys weren't division rivals, I would be impressed with that. It was a, Don't forget it was Colt McCoy, but I will say that Colt McCoy, oh, yeah. averages, forgot <laughs>
0: Colt McCoy averages a, a triple-digit passer rating against the 49ers. So.
1: All right. I mean, in the inept Rams, injured Chargers, body bagged by the Chiefs, as I imagine the Dolphins would be at that stage in the season. L to the Falcons. Um, L to the Broncos, which... That's just a painful one painful one to revisit. And then the Bears game <laughs> in the rain. Hopefully... Bears and Broncos were both with um, Trey, by the way. Really? Yeah. Trey was still in for the Broncos? Um, actually, I think Broncos might have in when he got uh, hurt. Got hurt? Yeah, actually, that was week three. I think you're right. Well, I'm sorry for having to make you relive that, but... You know, I think that even if we came to the median here, it would be twenty seven to twenty-three dolphins. That's why I'm thinking something like that. Yeah, that that's definitely very within
0: the realm. Um how do you see that playing out? Do you see a a c a game game winning drive or you guys are leading the whole game?
1: How do you see Oh that? man, I can't wait to bring these stats up for you. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Um I have never – I mean, I didn't get to watch Dan Marino. You know what I mean? I I was too young. I was – didn't start watching football until, like, after I got done playing football, like, middle school, high school. And uh, I never got to watch a quarterback I felt this comfortable with coming back from behind or – just on third down or when you really need it more than any other moment. And he just delivers. Here's something that I saw today from uh, Chris Coffin. He's a co-host on another podcast called Three Yards Per Carry. They're a great Dolphins account. And not only that, they talk about other NFL stuff. But he says, Tua Tagovailoa has quarterback 10 drives this season while trailing in the second half. On those drives, he is 34 of 42, meaning he's only missed 8 passes. For four hundred and seventy seven yards, six touchdowns, zero interceptions, he's taken one sack in that time, and he had two runs for twenty one yards, which equates to a one hundred and fifty four passer rating. And the offense had scored a touchdown on eight of those ten drives that he was trailing in the second half of a game. So if it does happen to come but down to where we're trailing, I'm pretty confident. And if it's a I'm actually I talked about this with uh, another one of our mutual friends who's a Niners fan. Uh, He said he said he would feel better if the Dolphins had to protect the lead. And I I agree with that. I think that that we're more uh, suspect to dropping a lead than we are from coming from behind. I think that that they kind of thrive on that. Yeah, there's a lot of that's in the locker room being counted out. You know, this this is a statement game and whether we make it work out or not. This is, uh, you know, I think for both teams, not just the Dolphins. It's a, this is a put the league on notice we're for real game. Yeah, and the difference is is the Dolphins haven't really ever had one of those in the in the in, in the or recent past here, and, and the Niners have. You know, they've established themselves a couple years as a as a actual contender. We're watching; they're a perennial contender. They've been contending since your rebuild, you know, was done every year. They're bouncing back again. It looks uh-huh. like. These crazy injuries and still there you are rearing your head out of the NFC trying to make a play for the Super Bowl. So, you know, I think it's a like a big, big game for both teams. 23-27. I see it as a game where there's a couple turnovers. I think that at the end of the day, two is efficiency is too hard to stop, uh, he's, he's under 10 yards, those throws, he's just threading them through linebackers, no matter who you are. And I think that is death by a thousand paper cuts. If it has to be.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and that's that, that does feel like it's the only way um, it can go down. If, if, if that's the end result, um, it's going to be, it's going to be to his accuracy and his quick decision-making that going
1: to get the job done. But I also think the Dolphins are going to make the Niners fans very happy with their offense. I think that it's not so much that we give up, like, an excess of yards or an excess of points. It's just the manner in which it happens is, like, chunk plays that, you know, like, I could... I could see Debo having a day. I'm starting Debo in fantasy. You know what I mean? I, I could see him not a day, but just breaking off that big signature run that he does. We're a perfect suspect for that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and, we, are, and
0: and not coincidentally because of the coaching staffs involved, um, have, we do have a, a similar um, style of play where, it, you know, for the most part we're trying to establish um, – efficiency especially on second and third down. I mean we're we're up there in terms of third down conversions with the best teams in the NFL, which is very surprising when you look at our the the scores we're able to put up. But we we do convert. We do execute when we need to. It's just uh red zone's a little bit more of a problem
1: for us. But it's gonna be interesting for sure. Well hopefully we uh catch some of it together if not you'll be hearing from me about it i appreciate you for coming on here and dropping some knowledge getting some maybe some niners fans excited about it Uh, a lot of respect for the san francisco franchise as a a football fan in general so this is a really really cool one and uh may the best team win yes sir all right thank you everybody tuning in and make sure you follow me at YFinsYY on Twitter, follow the podcast at Day One Dolphins. Thank you very much, my very good best friend Pat. It was a pleasure. We will see you next week to talk about what actually happens. Let's do it.